Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. My name is Kerry Zarb, and I've been helping business owners just like you go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat for over 20 years. I'll be giving you all the top advice for getting started in your business, but I'll also be speaking with some of the best business minds to inspire you with valuable insights to help you get ahead in your business. If you've ever hit a roadblock or lost your passion, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Biz Nation podcast. I'm Kerry and this is episode 47. On today's show, we have Vera Lee joining us from Moama in New South Wales. Vera Lee hosts her own podcast called Why Me Girl and also has a massive arrangement of business experience from pretty much her entire life. Also, in addition to that, she's recently launched her second podcast, which is called What the Flab, which is all about weight loss with and without surgery. Welcome to the show, Vera Lee. Thank you so much, Kerry. It's an honour to be invited on to talk to your audience. Yay, wonderful. It's great to have you here. I must confess, I was really looking forward to this recording. And what I wanted to do is we want to kind of throw in a few different aspects to this show. We're going to really jam pack it in probably a short amount of time. Um, But yeah, I wanted to talk to you about things that you've experienced in the business world, you know, things like business systems, processes, anything that you can kind of add some value to the listeners. And then we're going to step through some other spaces as well, if that's okay. Sounds great. Let's get started. (laughs) Excellent. So take us through the whole, your experience on business systems and processes. What can, what can you tell us? Yeah, I started really young, like 11 years old, young. My family business was the tennis professionals in Australia and my dad was very innovative. And so he started this business built around systems procedures and providing a sales experience to people for getting their tennis equipment that was going to make them be the best tennis player that they could be from a grassroots level. Now, this was a service that had previously only been provided to people at the professional level and the touring level. And so in doing that, I witnessed from a very young age and working in the business on various different levels, the systems that he put in place. And I learned the importance of good leadership. I learned the importance of having an overall plan of where you want your small business to be and where you want it to get to. I learned the importance of putting structures in place so that when the business expanded, you were ready for that expansion. Many small businesses that do very well and haven't put that structure in place, they get to the point where they are then overwhelmed by the demand for their services and then they're trying to catch up. They're on the back foot the whole time trying to catch up and keep up with demand and that leads to unhappy customers. And so I learned the importance of all of these processes and procedures and also the importance of having your personnel get behind what you're doing. One of the best ways to have compliance with the systems in your organisation, in your business, is to make sure that your employees are part of that process. If they are part of the development process, you will be getting information from different perspectives Each of the employees are going to be thinking differently about a certain situation or a need in the business. And so putting everybody's heads together and brainstorming and working out 
very business specific systems that work for that business and those people is going to allow anybody to step into any point in that process and be able to see what has been done up to that point to step in and then follow the system to continue what needs to be done. And I give a a very um, good example of this in that part of our business was supplying tennis rackets and restringing these tennis rackets to suit the needs of the individual person. When we did these professional restringing techniques, there were different types of machine setups we needed to have. There were different types of strings themselves. There were different techniques in getting the exact end product that we needed for each person. And so it was a very highly customized system. Well, we had a naming convention so that every single restring that was done had a label put on it. And then anybody in our organization that picked up that racket over a number of different stores could exactly match the machine setup, the restring product itself and the techniques so that that player could be out at a different, different area of the state, break a string, come into one of our stores, get the racket restrung and go back out there and still perform exactly the same way because they had exactly the same end result. And so that's a classic example of where systems are so important. Yeah, and I love what you said there about involving the team. That's so important. And I think it it often gets lost in business, but you're right. Like we need to engage with our team members. You know, they're potentially on the front line or involved so, so heavily in our processes of our business. And I think... You know, it's definitely a gap in in the business space where people forget that they've got value to bring to these discussions and and putting together these systems and processes. And yeah, I'm a huge advocate for bringing the team into the discussion and, and getting their opinions, because not only does it you know, bring more things to the surface and, and help the business actually address things that they might miss, but you get the buy-in from the team members. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's where the compliance will be higher. Because if you've put something in place, if you put a system in place, and they don't understand the how, they don't understand the why, which is so important, then they're less likely to be putting in the effort to learn and implement the system in the first place. Once systems are in place, it's easy then to follow them. The hard work is in that implementation stage when you're trying to teach everybody and get them to understand the reasons why and so when they do then it becomes logical really they're like well of course I'm going to follow the system because it allows me to do all of these things and it actually becomes very efficient and a classic example I was a bookkeeper for many many years I have my own business I know that you were in bookkeeping (laughs) as well and so often I would come to businesses and they would say okay there's the pile of stuff over there that I can't deal with. I just want you to come in and do it. And I'd say, yeah, no problem. But let's get a little more information about you. Let's get a little more about your business. Let's see what it is that you're trying to do. And so my bookkeeping business became a lot more than a bookkeeping business. It was a business consulting service that I provided. The reason that that was important Each of these directors and and small business owners needed to be in touch with what was going on with their finances, with their administration. And again, if something happens to somebody and you don't have a system in place, 
then the person that comes in, which was usually me at that stage, would come in cold. And it's like, okay, well, now I've got to spend quite a lot of time trying to even work out where you are, what stage everything is at. So when you have systems and procedures in place, anybody can come in, go to the procedure and say, okay, here's the basic steps. I can see now that this this particular thing we're looking at here is at this stage. So now I know where to pick it up and how to keep going. And the other thing that having systems in place and including everybody in those discussions, which is what good leadership does, is that when things evolve and there is a need for some change, those suggestions will come from your workers. Those employees will say, hey, I think this would work a little bit better because of. And they're the conversations you want to be happening in your business for it to flourish. Yeah, definitely. And Verily, in your experience, those conversations, where do they take place? Are we talking staff meetings or just in passing, you know, throughout the daily workings? What have you seen in that capacity? Yeah, because most of the businesses I worked with were very small, they were ad hoc meetings. So we didn't have set times where we'd say, okay, every Monday at this time, we're going to meet all together as a team. And then we're going to have a management meeting for those things. Most of the people I worked with, it was, okay, let's grab you right now. Have you got 10 minutes? Let's talk about this. And quite often that was a good way to do it because that way they weren't feeling stressed about, oh, I've got this meeting coming up, Mm. which some people do. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, in small business, there's a lot going on. And so it was, yeah, I've got 10 minutes. Let's do it. Let's talk about this now. What do we need? How do we fix it? How do we get the best efficiency going here? And so I found that that worked really, really well. And and then you're addressing things as they come up too, which often is the best time to be addressing anything. Yeah, I think you're right with that one because the whole, you know, team meeting space, everybody gets a little bit stressed and kind of, oh, what do I want to say? They might even clam up and and not say anything. Whereas, like you said, if it's on the fly and you're just, you know, running in the business and you can have, you know, five or 10 minutes together and and address it one-on-one, it's definitely going to bring a lot of value um, in in them having and feeling like they've got that opportunity to speak up and and have a voice in in these processes so yeah Yeah, fantastic absolutely And, and the interesting thing that you said there too formalized meetings a lot of people do clam up they feel oh this is a bit intimidating whereas if you're doing it ad hoc and with a small business you often get that opportunity then they feel more relaxed. So they're more likely to be talking to you on a one-to-one level or a one-to-three level, you know. Mm. So it's a, it's a lot more of a casual conversation and people are therefore going to have their guard down a little bit, which is what you want because you need to be giving them the message. I value the information that you have. I value your input into this. You are an employee. You are part of this business. And so together we can all make it work. Yeah, Awesome. Love it. Thank you. Thanks for sharing all of that. And I love the story. I love the journey. And from 11 years old, oh my God, like that's that's incredible. Like when I kind of started to put together the show and I'm like, most of my life, I'm like, yeah, well, okay. What does that look like? I was so curious. So you've answered that question. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Biz Nation podcast. I would love to connect with you outside of the podcast and you can find me on Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn by searching my name, Kerry Zarb, or directly on my website under, you guessed it, kerryzarb.club. And don't forget, if you need more support in your business, you can also find me on Facebook under Micro and Small Business Support Group.
we are going to change it up a bit because we met on Clubhouse. We did. So I am dying to know because obviously I've got what's happening on my side of Clubhouse, but I'm dying to know how are you finding Clubhouse? What's your experience so far? Yeah, I love Clubhouse. <laughs> it's one of, it's like it is the, I was going to say it's one of my, but no, it is the favourite app that I have. For me, I am still working my day job. I am an office and compliance systems manager at the business that I work for. And so I'm day in, day out doing this stuff. And what I love about Clubhouse is that I have it running like a personalised radio station. And so I'm able to go in, choose the room I want to listen to and just leave it there and listen to exactly what I want to listen to while I'm working, which is fantastic because I'm not getting annoyed but music I don't like or anything like that. You know, I'm listening to really great content. At the same time, it's become rather interesting for me because so many people are aware of who I am. And when I do in my breaks or, you know, after work, I do go on to stage and talk. So many people, they see me enter a room, they're like, ah, Vera Lee's here. Why me girls here? Quick, bring her up to stage. I'm like, yep, sorry, later, later, because, you know, I'm working. So, (laughs) but uh, I do love it. And, And the connections that I am making through Clubhouse, it is so much easier to connect with somebody through this audio platform when you're messaging back and forth. I'm always explaining to people in business, particularly with emails, there is no tone to what you're saying. And so sometimes people get offended, um, particularly if you're someone like me who is very efficient, which means sometimes my emails or written information or instructions are very matter of fact. And so sometimes people choose to be offended by that. And I say choose to be offended because that is a choice. Yeah. And so when you're talking verbally to somebody, you don't get that. You can see the tone. You can see that there is caring behind what's being said. You can see that this is information that you want to know. And so there's no offence there. And just the ability to be talking to people all across the world in that informal context, it's one of the best ways to weed out who's being authentic and who isn't as well. Some people out there are putting on a certain face on social media in Clubhouse. It's pretty real. It's raw. It's real time. And so you weed out pretty quickly if people are knowing what they're doing or not. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing, I was in a room last night, I think it was, and someone said, you know, be be mindful of your bio. They were talking about bios and how quite a few of us have changed our bios multiple times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they pointed out something that I hadn't even thought about. And luckily I was in the zone, but uh, your bio, obviously, if someone's going to go to Google or, mm-hmm. you know, do a search on you, you want your bio to be that true reflection of yourself. You know, we see all these bios that are fully packed out with these massive titles and massive, you know, claims to to fame and then you find out that it's not the case so Mm. yeah 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 brings up a really good point that whole status thing in social media if you are wanting to get in touch with somebody for a really good valid collaborative process that would work for both of you and you only have a couple of thousand followers and this person has like you know 500 odd thousand followers the chances they're going to see your message is almost zero. Oh, yeah. On Clubhouse, it strips off the status. This is a person. And yes, you still see how many followers people have, but because the platform's so new and because you can be brought up on stage, so many of these, if I use the word influencers, are on Clubhouse and you're able to have these conversations. And what I'm finding is as somebody from Australia and somebody who only launched 
publicly what she was doing in around uh, August last year, 2020. Essentially, I was an unknown person really in that space. And so I have this huge following on Clubhouse because people are responding to what I'm saying and who I am rather than <clears throat> rather than how many followers I have. Mm. And that aspect I love because yeah. everybody is accessible. Same. I love how raw and uncurated it is. You know, for me, like I go back to Facebook now and I'm like, eh. I, I, I almost don't want to post, you know, because it, it just feels so, and, and, you know, I'll dive into my post schedule on, on my um, scheduler and I'll actually just suddenly have a moment to be me and, and just completely change up the copy, like hands mm. down, it happens all the time. And I was doing that before Clubhouse um, just for that, you know, raw, trying to make it raw and authentic. But mm. like you, Vera Lee, for me, Clubhouse is just blown my mind like it is my favorite platform I, I really not that I'm not turning up elsewhere of course I am you know we have to do that as business owners but yeah I keep just gravitating back to clubhouse and I love what you said about just tuning in when you're doing something else I've, I've tried that I can't do it <laughs> I actually struggle <laughs> because a lot of what I do takes a, an element of brain capacity I've just not got this multitasking down down pat yet so mm. if I'm if I'm in a room I want to hear what's what's being said and fully focus on the conversation so hats off to you for, for having <laughs> that ability that I'm yet to learn so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think uh I think that multitasking thing I've had a lot of practice in it <laughs> like I'm talking about you know 40 years of practice in yeah. it so yeah yeah that's great awesome all right let's go to another direction now we want to know more about you and your podcasts and I'll say podcasts plural because there's two so take us on the journey what what where did why me girl start and and what the flab where's that coming from give us the download on that yeah, absolutely. So the Why Me Girl is my handle on Clubhouse and, and that's come out of the Why Me movement. The Why Me movement I started in April 2020, so it's relatively new. I actually conceptualised it about eight years prior when I was waking up from a coma that nobody expected I would survive. So I have a number of conditions and I was born with certain disabilities and two of those disabilities were affecting my life severely to the point where my bookkeeping and business consulting business was absolutely thriving. I had employees and I had to walk away from it because I was so ill in my current state. Those two conditions that got diagnosed quite late in my life is a blood disorder called eosinophilia, which was the precursor to my eosinophilic asthma, which was at a very, very severe level. And on top of that, the third diagnosis was vocal cord dysfunction. Vocal cord dysfunction meant that every time I breathed air into my body, my airway was collapsing. And so I was suffocating on the way in breath. And then on my out breath, I was also struggling because of my asthma and my lungs were constricting. And so I got to a point in my life 
which I was in a lot of overwhelm because of running my own business and being a single parent, but also because I'd gone through a lot of trauma in my life with domestic violence and sexual assault at the hands of my ex-husband. And so I was doing a lot of trauma recovery work and really just everything on top of everything else had got to a point where my body said, you know what, you need a break. And it forced me to take a very, very big break. And so I did end up in this particular coma after a life-saving treatment to paralyze one of my vocal cords with an injection of Botox. And I had a reaction within 24 hours was dying. This was not the first time I'd had a near-death experience. However, this was the first time that I'd been put in an induced coma, which was an absolute last resort for somebody with my particular conditions, for somebody who was in such a poor physical condition at that time and for somebody who was of my size at that time which was very large and so it was extremely dicey even putting me under to get me onto a plane to fly me down to Melbourne uh, which was about a four-hour drive from where we are um, to save my life down at St Vinnie's ICU and I did come through that obviously I'm here talking to you today (laughs) when I woke up from that coma Everything from my own perspective changed in my life. I explained to people that the blue of the sky had never looked so blue Mm. and the green of the grass had never been so vibrant. And I can tell you the warmth of the sun had never comforted me so much and nothing in the world had changed except my perspective. I was given a second chance. And so in making use of that second chance, I then decided that was the last time I was going to ask that question why me? Why is this happening to me? And this is where the Why Me movement was born. However, as somebody who was struggling as a single parent, a very ill person, to first of all, get well, secondly, get back into business and support my family, Mm -hmm. it was not something that I could put into full action until April 2020, when COVID hit and I was forced home, which meant that I had an extra three to four hours every single day to put to good use. And so the Why Me movement was launched and the Why Me with Vera Lee podcast was launched. And what we do is we bring on people to talk about their stories of overcoming adversity, mostly entrepreneurs who discuss their really deep, dark moments in their lives where they said, you know what, this moment was was so impactful for me in my life and yet I saw the opportunity to use it as my unique advantage. I can now help so many other people in sharing my story and helping them to go through something similar. And so that's what we do on the podcast there. It's taken off. People absolutely love it. We're into our second season. I've just released uh, episode 61, I think it is, um, which the podcast was only launched September 15th, 2020. So it's not even yet six months old, um, but we've been pumping out the content and people absolutely love it. And the important thing for me is being someone who's been involved in business all my life in many different facets, the importance of mental health and reducing those stigmas and again, opening and having those conversations with people. It is so important that we view people not as the labels, not as the positions, not as the status, as human beings, and that we open and continue these conversations that need to be aired, that need to be spoken about. If somebody is 
at work and their performance is dropping off, there's usually a personal reason why. And when people feel comfortable to have these conversations, this is where we can provide the support needed for our valued employees to be able to open that conversation and get some help for them if they need it. I just love this. This is so, it's amazing. I I can't stress enough how awesome this is. And no wonder you're doing so well, but the content you're putting out, like that's insane to to be at that level in such a short amount of time. So hats off, good on you. This is fantastic (laughs) stuff. But also what you tapped into there, you know, I think if we go back in time, you know, couple of decades ago or even a decade ago you know it wasn't okay to bring your personal life into the workplace you know employees were seen as leave your problems at home you know you you step into work you put on that uniform or whatever the case may be and that's it you're at work you're in the zone you've got to flip your switch and 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 get with it it's changed and I'm just I'm I'm loving this change I'm loving the fact that employers are being empowered to support their team members and really you know people are stripping back the layers like we are allowed to be human you know and I think you know that that's evolved and that's changed over a small amount of time you know in that in that last decade but this COVID change as well I think that's just you know made it so much better as well because people are being given more flexibility and you know having that ability to work from home it's amazing I'm, I'm loving it I'm actually for a positive on COVID I'm loving that that has changed the world and changed people's perspectives and I think bringing the human forward you know mm. in, in another step again would you agree? Absolutely. And, and I think bringing the forward, sorry, bringing the human forward, I think that's a great way of putting it. We are human beings. And although we are at a work doing a role or a job, we are still human beings first. And so these things do affect us. And COVID has been very difficult on many, many levels for many people. On the other hand, again, this is what we talk about in the show. If you can see the opportunities that COVID has also presented on the other side. You know, yes, we're stuck in lockdown. Right now, Victoria has gone back into a five-day hard lockdown. So a lot of people instantly were like, oh, no, you know. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Let's look at some of the ways that this could be positive. Yes, this is a situation none of us wanted. However, we are stuck in it. So let's see something positive. Let's make something positive. Personally, I'm like, okay, to my son, this is great. We actually live on the New South Wales side, um, but we are a broader town. So I said, okay, we can still go out around driving. So on the weekend when I've got some free time, let's keep, you know, getting up your driving hours. Uh, Let's spend some more time together. If you are locked in the house with everybody, okay, well, let's bring out some of those games that we all love and we perhaps haven't dusted off for a while. You know, there are so many ways that we can see the opportunities. Let's jump on our clubhouse and, and get to know some more people let's jump on a zoom call let's go on facebook messenger and do a video call you know it provides some opportunities if we're willing to look outside the box Mm. um, to even have more connection even though we're physically disconnected from others 
Yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm all about the positive spin on COVID and it's, it's no secret to the listeners that, you know, for me, um, as much as it's, you know, it's absolutely devastating to, and now that we're connecting on Clubhouse with people all around the world, it's now given another layer of that human side to what's going on in other countries. And, you know, your heart goes out. It, it, you can't, you can't feel any different about that. It's just the natural, you know, oh my God, people are suffering, you know, that type of thing. But like yourself, what can I do with this time? How can I embrace this experience and turn it into a positive and, and, and make it a positive for myself rather than, you know, throwing a, another pity party, you know, here in Melbourne. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's certainly something that a lot of people can do and, and will do and naturally gravitate to because we're human, you know, we, we are. Absolutely. And, and that's another thing that brings me on to talking about my second podcast mm. in that. I thrived at home. I was in lockdown for nine months because of my medical conditions. I was in the high risk category. And so when I went home, it was up until a certain point before I was allowed to go back to my workplace. And I lost quite a lot of weight in that time. Most of the people I'm speaking to, that was not their experience. (laughs) They put on weight because they were home. They'd stopped going to gym and doing all these things. Well, I stopped going to gym, which I used to do almost every day. I stopped my lawn bowls, which is one of my personal passions. And I would spend usually a minimum of two hours each night after work bowling, working on my skill, working on the love of the sport that I have. And so I was doing an awful lot less exercise at home and yet I still managed to lose weight. How did that happen? Well, Mm. I talk a little bit about that in my new podcast But essentially, it's about not focusing. And I don't use the word not very often, but I have here. Not focusing on the negative side of what was going on. It was about harnessing the positive opportunities. And for me, not being around work where there were temptations. If I forgot to take my lunch, then I wouldn't go out and get takeaway. You know, not that I did that very often, but yeah, there was just a whole heap of things that I was able to put into my routine that I could remove myself from the things that were my triggers that were, you know, the things I wanted to change. And so it allowed me to really focus on myself a lot more. And through doing that, and also through connecting with a lot of other people, I felt that I was more relaxed about my life. And so the stress management for me was huge and stress affects your weight control immensely. Mm -hmm. And so I was on the other side and, and that's why I started the podcast as well. I, have actually gone through weight loss surgery recently. I lost 60 kilos before that weight loss surgery. Yes, it took time. And no, it was not a linear process. It was very up and down over a few years. However, most people said to me, why are you still getting weight loss surgery? And I explain a lot of the reasons in the launch trailers and episodes of that podcast as to what weight loss surgery meant to me, why I still went ahead with it after losing 60 kilos and why it's actually not about what the scales say, which is a oh, mind-blowing moment for most people, <laughs> including yeah. my surgeon when I said to him, because he said, you know, how much weight have you lost now since the operation? I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I haven't looked, you know, it actually doesn't matter to me. It's not about the weight. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I, ha- I have explained this to you. It's not about the weight. Yes, I have weight loss surgery, but it wasn't about what the scales say. It was about so many other things. So, yeah. yeah. I love that story. And I'm, oh, 
I'll be tuning in, obviously. Um, <laughs> and and this one is called What the Flab? That that's the podcast. Correct. Yay. Yes. Excellent. All right. So on this podcast journey that you've been on, and yes, in a short amount of time, but I bet it's been an epic ride. Oh yeah. What do you wish that you knew then that you know now? And I don't even know if I've said that right because I always muck up my words. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the question and I love it. Let me backtrack slightly to why things changed in April in addition to COVID. With my ex-husband, the one that I was recovering from all that trauma from, I had not been publicly out there. I'd been on Facebook for actually many years and that account got blocked from me by Facebook because someone reported me for using my known as name and not my actual legal name. And no matter what I did, they wouldn't give me rights back to my account. And so I was off all social media for quite a number of years. And in February, 2020, I decided it was time to come back on social media I put my name out there and I decided that no longer was I going to be held back for the immense impact that I could have conversing with people all across the world. And I knew that the movement was more important than me as one person. And so I decided the fear was no longer going to stop what I was doing. I know all the reasons why it took me that amount of time to get to that point. And one of the big factors was that my son was turning 18 at the end of 2021. And so I felt that if he or his family or anyone that he knew and got word back to him of what I was doing and speaking about and finally sharing my story, not on local stages, but on a global stage and the impact that had had on me as a person and the impact that I have on others in sharing those stories, I realized that I was doing a disservice to other people by not allowing that process to happen. And so I wish that I had been able to come public earlier. For me, the timing of if he does find out by the time he tries to go through the courts and cause a fuss, my son will be 18 and it won't matter anyway. And so that was my reasoning. I think in hindsight, I probably could have done it earlier. Perhaps that was my fear to be holding on to and that's a journey that I've been working through and I'm happily out the other side of it now I'm completely out there (laughs) I've just started being interviewed um, as I am here and as I have on a number of podcasts where I've gotten very transparent and open and vulnerable about my story Mm -hmm. because I expect my guests to be vulnerable and so I offer the same in return and so it's all out there now and there's no turning back and I feel fantastic for it Yay, that's the best thing ever. I love that because I think, and I've always been a true believer in we're on a journey, things happen for a reason, timing, life, timing, opportunities present themselves and it's all part of the ride, you know, like I don't think for myself as well, you know, coming forward in as a person because I've rebranded and and decided to stop hiding behind my business brand, it's actually me now and I wouldn't be here now if I hadn't have done all of those things and I'm sure it's exactly the same for you, Vera Lee, that journey and to get to this point you can't really regret, you know, like you can't, it's, it's all part of it, right? It is Carrie. And that's what I say to people, every experience we've gone through in our life, the good, the bad, the ugly, it's all made us who we are today. 
and what we do have a choice if we don't try if we don't have a choice about what events are happening around us or to us what we do always have a choice about is how we respond and how we can look for that different perspective and find the opportunities within the adversity yeah love it wow that's amazing all right so Lee, i've got a tough question for you what's your biggest goal or next biggest goal because it sounds like you're kicking serious goals for 2021 what's what's on the cards 2021 to grow both of my podcasts and my audience because people need to be hearing these conversations started so that they can continue them my goal has always been to be on larger stages to be impacting more people I was well aware through my trauma recovery process that as the person who first of all couldn't find my voice and turned to my artwork to be my voice, to then influence other people by sharing my actual words in spaces where people could receive that information and be given permission to also feel comfortable to share their own stories. I know the impact. I know the power of my story. And I always ask people, do you know the power of yours? And so providing a bigger audience for getting the message out there through the podcasts, through the inspirational speaking engagements that I'm available for, then I'm providing more people to become aware of these conversations and that it is okay. Whatever we've gone through in life is okay. You're never alone. Mm -hmm. And there is always someone who cares and there is always a space for you to share your story and that is valued love it thank you so much that is awesome and i think you're on the money like these two podcasts are seriously such great spaces and so needed by so many so thank you for doing those because i know the effort that goes behind the scenes and how we pull all, all this stuff together and it's fantastic that you're you know prepared to do that and help others it's just a, a an endless endless kind of journey of giving which is amazing thank you so much you're welcome i've got a question for you if it's all right okay sure yeah <laughs> and being a podcaster i can't help myself <laughs> You do understand what it takes to run a podcast. I know my reasons and I've explained some of those for doing what I do and serving people, allowing this free service to be provided so that people can get what they need out of it. Why did you start yours? Oh, thank you. No one's no one's ever asked me that on, on my podcast, which is unique in itself. Thank you so much. I have to confess it was at the start of COVID, so it was around about April 2020. And for me, my business dropped by 85% on the back of COVID. I wow. was I was hovering in the events space. I, you know, bass agent, bookkeeper, event manager. There's not much that I don't do, you know, as you know, as a bookkeeper, you yeah. know, we just get pulled into everything. It's like a vortex. Um yeah, so so many levels of experience over the years, but up until COVID, it was heavily in the event space. So organising large conferences at large venues, and that's a, another story in itself. So when the business dropped by 85%, there was this eerie silence, you know, there was this, this tone on social media of people feeling pain and, and being in panic mode and, and wanting to unite <clears throat> so for me it was really about how can I help others 
I was financially okay. I was very fortunate to not be hitting the panic button on the financial side. So I just had this urge to help others. So I launched the Facebook group. I launched the podcast and I just wanted to help in any way I could. So thank you. That that was amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that. And you bring up a very important point. I think that when we get to a certain age and stage in our life, particularly when we are financially stable, it gives us the options to be able to look at things like that. And I know that I self-funded mine the whole way and it does take a lot of effort, but that ability to want to serve others, that's what shines through. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing, Kerry. Oh, thank you, Vera Lee. I love what you're doing too. So I think we're almost like sisters from another world. It's just yeah. fantastic. But yeah, that urge to share and help and support and, you know, be there for someone else. You're right. It, it was a time of life. It was something that I had on the back burner and just got too busy working in the business and never got around to doing. So that was why probably I feel so positive about COVID because it gave me that opportunity to to do all these wonderful things. So yay. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Now Vera Lee, where can we find you? There must be heaps of places. Yes, the easiest place is on social media at Vera Lee Original. Same handle for all Insta, LinkedIn, Facebook. They're my main three. Lovely. There will be a website coming soon, but it's under development at the moment. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. That's good. Thank you so much. I'll pop all of those links in the show notes for the listeners. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing so many awesome pieces of yourself and your journey. It's been amazing. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Kerry. I've enjoyed it too. Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. It was lovely to share this episode with you. Remember to subscribe to catch all future episodes and I'd also very much love it if you'd leave me a rating or a review. Until next time, remember that you can also go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat.